Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hey now, welcome back to the Pendola Project. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Pendola. Oh, wait a minute. You're such a goofball. (laughs) Today we're talking about what we really eat, what Aaron and I really enjoy, and also what we know is best for us. So it's it's a little bit of yin and yang, right? So you need both for the bang bang. So we need to be able to understand that our relationship with food, how we see food, it's different for everyone. And I don't even know if I believe in relationships that way, but that connection is important. So understanding that Hey, I'm going to eat this food because I feel better when I eat this food or because I know I have a hard training session ahead of me and I really want it to go well. And also on the flip side of things, though, just really understanding that a healthy understanding, a healthy relationship, if you will, with food means that we also know that it's okay to have those comfort foods and We're not restricting or denying ourselves from those things. So, yes, most of the time, mostly, we are eating what you would consider to be clean, healthy options. And there is a reason why that's important. And I think that most people would agree that when you are eating clean, you're definitely having a better time with your performance, with your energy levels, with just getting through your day. But if we're trying to be super clean all the time and and never make any mistakes, okay, we're never falling off of our perfect plan, I think that's in itself the wrong way to have a relationship with food. I think that we should look forward to the comfort foods as well and enjoy it and not feel guilty about it. So we're going to talk today about how we really eat in a typical week and what our comfort foods are and how we see that and how we feel about eating those foods. So Aaron's going to talk a little bit first about breakfast and what it is that we typically have and why. And then also, again, some tips we can give you for maybe having some better selections for healthier eating within those foods. So for breakfast, it needs to be something quick and simple. At least for us. Yes, sorry, for us. And when we have a pretty much every morning, well, through the week, Monday through Friday, is is busy with getting to work and school and all that. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. So yogurt is a big staple in our house. And one point that you really need to be aware of with yogurt is the sugar content. So really that's to me one of the first things we look for when we get yogurt is how much sugar is in there, how much fiber, how much protein and try to make a good good choice with that. Yeah, so I'd like to remind people that what you enjoy, what you like is important. But if you're getting yogurt it says, you know, fruit on the bottom. Just because it says fruit on the bottom doesn't mean that it's good for you. You have to look at what is in that. And a lot of times you're going to see corn syrup in there. You're going to see a lot of sugar. Uh, There can be 26 grams of sugar and 
10 grams of protein or less even. I was so, going to say even less generally. That, of course, it tastes really good, but you look at it, you're like, I'm getting, I think one that we had for a while was two grams of protein and about 19 grams of sugar. <laughs> yeah, which is, that's ridiculous. And, you know, I, I would say, okay, if I'm coming back from a run and I have something that is going to have higher sugar content, I might actually need it for that case. But in general, we're talking about just first thing in the morning that you're having before you leave the house. It's quick, it's easy, but it should be low in sugar. And um, right now we, we choose a yogurt that has zero sugar in it. And then we really add fruit if we want some more fiber. Okay. So obviously fruit's got a lot of fiber as well. And yes, some sugar, but of course it's the type of uh, sugar that we want to take into our bodies, but also because there is just a natural fiber content that will come into the fruits that you put into your yogurt, you know that your body will regulate that very well. Yeah, and then that kind of leads to oatmeal because I feel like those are similar in the sense that you you pick up oatmeal and you think, oh, this is healthy, this is good for me. It's oatmeal; it can't be can't be anything wrong with this, but if you look at the quick, the instant packets, you were kind of in that same boat where the majority of it is sugar and you're not really getting much nutritional value out of that. So switching your choice from the packets to maybe just a steel cut oat or any, any kind of oat that you prefer. And we'll just keep it simple. Yeah. Put some banana or apple and a little bit of cream and cinnamon. And that's, that's all that we add. Yeah. And some people call them overnight oats, but you can certainly cook your oatmeal the night before, let it sit in the fridge overnight. Actually tastes amazing. But, uh, it, you know, instant oatmeal, it's kind of funny because it's it's not like it takes that much longer. No, it really doesn't. Right, to cook steel-cut oats. But uh, I'm going to steal this from Jeff Cavalier. I watched a video of him talking about how he used to eat a lot of sugary cereals. And then just he didn't he wasn't going to switch right over to steel-cut oats he would have just turned his nose up at that. So what he did was he put a packet of instant oatmeal in, which was higher in sugar and more refined and all that, and and uh, put that into some steel-cut oats. And then eventually he got rid of the packet. You know, he went from a half a packet to eventually no packet and then just added in natural fruits, um, pumpkin, which I think is a great idea. So that's just an idea about how you can kind of bridge that gap too when you're just, you're used to having a lot of sugar first thing or you're used to having a certain food that you feel like, hey, this tastes great. I love it because it's nice and sweet and I'm just used to it. But how do you feel later on? Are you, uh, how do you feel about yourself, you know, energy wise, but also just, uh, you know, are you disappointed because you had that, you know, the fruit loops instead of real fruit, et cetera. And then the other thing that I would say, I made this mistake for years, just having orange juice, thinking orange juice is good for me. So of course I'm going to have my glass of orange juice and man, I was getting in the equivalent of what would have been four or five oranges at once, at least probably sometimes more, but without the fiber. So again, you know, have the real fruit, have things like oatmeal, yogurt, what works for you. I like bacon and eggs. I love bacon and eggs and I don't have the time for that during the week. So that to me is, that's a comfort food I'm going to have. And I'm saying that bacon and eggs are bad. I'm just saying it also takes longer to, to prepare something like that. 
And if I do go, if we do go out for breakfast, that's definitely what I'll order on. And so that's a treat, like on the weekends. But of course, um, you know, bacon has a lot more saturated fat in it, et cetera. So it's not something I'm going to have every day. But when I have bacon, the point I want to bring up here is when I have bacon, I have thick bacon with lots of fat. I, I love to actually have just a nice thick piece of bacon or actually like four pieces. And I have the eggs with the yolk, not just the egg whites. So the point is, personally, I would rather just have the real deal. And I might only have it once a week, but I have the real deal when I do have it. Okay. And then I just bring up, I talked about cereal, bagels. That's also, uh, to me, uh, muffins, things like that. Oftentimes misleading because it might advertise that it's low fat, for example, right? And you have to remember a lot of these things are refined and they they put more sugar into these things when they take the fat out, et cetera. I, I think you need to look at the labels and educate yourself Four grams of fiber is generally the minimum that I want to see when I'm having a bagel or toast, something like that. So that's a little tip there, but look at how much fiber is in that bagel or in that toast. And for the most part, something like a muffin, again, if you're going to have a muffin, my opinion is you don't have the low fat or, you know, the reduced fat versions because they're replacing it with other stuff that you really don't want. It's chemically altered oftentimes. And guess what? If you really look at the labels, when they talk about something being low fat or low in sodium or low, low, this, that, it's only lower by maybe 20%. And so because you, because it's lower, you might have two of them. So guess what? You just actually had more than you would have if you just had a real muffin, right? So uh, again, I think if you're going to have that muffin, we like to actually pick up some muffins from a place called My Favorite Muffin, and we will actually have the actual real muffin. Don't worry about what's you know in it. It's actually better for you because they make it there from scratch. And sure, it's going to have uh, sugar in it. It's going to have fat in it. It's going to have all that stuff, all that good stuff. You're having one muffin. Maybe we go there, geez, I don't know, once, I don't know, every few months or so, but we're not eating it that often where it's, it doesn't, it's not going to make a difference. Just enjoy the muffin when you eat the muffin, right? Okay. So I shared with you guys that I used to have orange juice every morning thinking that was good. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Again, I can drink a glass of orange juice, especially after I've done a long run or something. And it's, it's kind of just hits the spot. I don't deny myself of those things, but in general, I would just rather have an orange, right? So the other thing that I oftentimes hear about is something like fasting. So you get up in the morning and I have coffee. I might have some coconut oil because I'm actually not planning on eating anything for a while. Now, does that mean I'm on a diet? Does that mean that I'm trying to starve myself? No, I just, I'm not going to do any uh, physical activity that morning. And I'm just, I like personally to use that approach because I feel like I actually think more clearly when I have coffee with some coconut oil. Now that might be placebo. I don't know, but it's a little bit of caffeine. It's some fats and my brain seems to like that for whatever reasons. And I don't eat food on those mornings. 
That doesn't mean every morning. And I just, I say that because it seems like so often um, people want to see, like kind of label me into doing IF or something, right? So that, uh, that intermittent fasting approach. It's like, I guess on this day, you could say I did that, but the next day, especially if I wake up hungry, then I'm going to eat. So I don't follow a label like that. And I just wanted to talk about that as well, because you got to, you got to understand what works for you and what works for you on any given day, which can be different from day to day. So I really believe in intuitive eating, but take the time first to really write out um, your energy system plan and what you do in a typical week and what you feel like you need energy wise in that typical week. And then I think you'll have a better approach to be able to plan out a little bit better what you need day to day. So that's my little tip or advice there. Yeah, I think breakfast is that one meal that does really, I say divide people, but people are kind of on one side or the other as far as do you eat breakfast or do you not? And is it good or is it bad? So yeah, it's definitely a, a personal choice that you need to uh, experiment with and see how you feel. Great. So what about for lunch? I think, yeah, we're going to we're gonna actually cheat a little bit here and put lunch and dinner together because... I think, again, that's a, a good point to bring up. We can Sometimes we eat the same food a couple days in a row. Like we eat the leftovers the next day. That, that makes it easier on our lives because we don't have a lot of time in our schedule to do as much cooking. And we were actually just talking earlier today about how when things slow down, we would really like to look at uh, without getting our next house that kind of features a kitchen more. We'd like to spend more time cooking and enjoying that experience together as a family. But realistically right now, we don't have as much time to cook on a daily basis. So things tend to be maybe cooking things up a little bit more on a Sunday, having some stuff planned out for the week. And then we have those things ready during the week. But for the most part, just cooking meals that only take maybe 20 minutes or so. And so these are good foods and we look forward to the meals, but then we tend to like, well, I say we, Aaron, you cook really. I don't do any cooking, but we tend to have these meals maybe um, on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And what's wrong with that? I, I still think that uh, it's better for us because it's not as stressful on our schedules and that in itself is good. But also, uh, there's nothing wrong with just eating dinner at lunchtime the next day. So, you know, I don't categorize foods into, well, <laughs> dinner has to be eaten at 6 p.m. Well, that's another point, too, is about the breakfast. But we probably, on a regular basis, do not have three meals a day. It ends up being one to two, depending on the day. And I know there are a lot of days you come home and you haven't eaten all day, so you get an extra large serving of dinner, whatever it is that night. But when you were talking about quick meals um, and comfort food, because I do love Mexican food, it's not your favorite, but it's definitely one of mine. And I know that you can't eat that all the time. It's not the greatest. So we've come up with a very easy uh, we the taco recipe and it's just gluten-free tortillas rubbed in olive oil and you stick them in the oven for about 10 minutes and then we just throw you can do really anything we keep it vegetarian but some black beans a little cheese sour cream salsa lettuce and olives and it's 
probably one of our favorite go. We do that at least once a week. Um, so just a little spin on on a Mexican dish, but a lot healthier. Yeah, you mentioned by the way that we don't put meat into the tacos. I've just personally have not really had the desire to eat as much meat lately for whatever reasons that is. So again, that's a point that I want to bring up. Does that mean I'm vegan? No. It just means that I'm listening to my gut and what I want is what I want. And uh, I, I think I still get in enough protein, but I was a little bit nervous when I stopped eating as much meat, thinking that I was going to lose too much muscle or something like that. And that hasn't had any difference in my body composition. I'm not saying I'm a bodybuilder. I know it's harder when you're trying to really keep a a large amount of mass on your body all the time. But with the amount of running I do and and lifting, et cetera, um, it kind of surprised me that made me realize I probably was actually trying to eat more protein thinking that I wouldn't be able to retain muscle. And the truth is I retained it just fine. And I think that um, a lot of times just combining the foods the way that we do. So chicken and rice, for example, completes a amino acid chain that, that is a good protein for the body. And I feel great. Um, so again, like I will have chicken or I'll have fish. I will have those things when I desire it, but I'm not going to force feed myself these things because I think that I'm going to lose too much muscle if I don't eat it. And tonight though, we are going to a dinner with some friends that are moving. So tonight would might be a night where you would have a filet mignon or something. Cause that's your kind of go-to special fancy. When we go out to eat, you do like a good filet. Oh, I love a good filet. And I always, I always look forward to that. So again, depending on how much you go out. But when we go out, we just have whatever looks good on the menu. We just kind of pig out. I mean, we usually eat a lot. And it's not uncommon for us to even overdo it. Like, oh, I overdid, I'm so stuffed. And But that doesn't sound so healthy. And I get it that, okay, don't overeat. and that. But again, we we don't go out that much. Yeah. And if it's in your plan, we talk about that a lot too on this show that if you have a plan, then it's okay because it's in there. And we've known for a week and a half that this was happening. So it's like, I can plan leading up to tonight, how I'm going to choose my meals for the last five or six days. Yeah. Appetizers, desserts afterwards. And I'm saying this because I want people to really look at things maybe with that perspective. If I can help in any way, it would be that way, that if you really do make this occasional, then have fun with it. (laughs) You know, even, like I said, even eating a little too much, it's not like I worry about how that's going to change my composition or whatever. The only thing I worry about is the next morning, you know, because I ate so much and then I go out on a run, you can you can do the math okay, there. Okay, that's a little too much information for today. <laughs> we just talked to Mia earlier about TMI, what TMI, TMI means. TMI, TMI. Okay. TMI. So you brought up, you just mentioned dessert tonight. because, yes. And also having an eight-year-old, dessert is a, is a pretty big deal. And we go to my parents' house on Sundays. We have for, since I was a child, we always had our special Sunday night dinners. There's always dessert afterwards. It's just part of what we do. And I know as Mia has grown up and during the holidays, it seems like dessert is 
every night just the way or or every day somehow there's treats mixed in so a few years ago I don't even remember where I saw it at this point or you know so long ago but really quick easy healthy quote unquote dessert and she loves this this is I mean she I could let her have this every single night just frozen bananas chopped up in the in the ninja blender um and some half and half and you just whip that up and it's like a creamy delicious banana frozen yogurt and you couldn't even tell that what you're having is healthy so we've been using that as a substitute for a long time um tonight again we will probably let her have whatever she wants for dessert yeah absolutely and i a lot of times i hear anyways especially from my sister or even just other athletes at the gym that they assume I'm just so strict with Mia that she just never has any desserts. And that's silly. That's ridiculous. Um, and I, I would say that the reason why they think that is I don't think it's because of anything that I've said, but just the, I think the, uh, the assumptions, right? It's, it's kind of a stereotype at this point that if you're um, in the health and fitness industry that you just never have these things. And then you make your kid do a hundred pushups and run around the block 10 times and do a bunch of squats and go to bed. But that's not, that's not the case at all. Um, I just try to make sure that Mia, um, understands what good choices are. I try not to dictate things. So in other words, you're going to go to Nunny and Nunu's later and have dessert. So if you want dessert now, if, say, we're out and about and she wants some ice cream, something like that, she will make that choice. Do you want that now or are you going to save it for later when you go to dinner? And so she's gone both ways with that. Sometimes she'll get the ice cream now and then later on at dinner, she uh, doesn't have dessert. And I that's, don't Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. No, I said that's where I bring the frozen bananas and the half and half so she still has something sweet and and nice after dinner but not anything that's going to be going to be bad for her yeah and i just i think that this whole perception is a lot of times what this is what we're talking about in the podcast for a reason is we don't want to see food as necessarily good or bad but i do like to associate memories comfort food a lot of times something like pizza for me i i don't like just any pizza i like the pizza that you and mia make because you guys make it we i see memories in my mind of the family together doing these things again i'm not much of a cook but i help set the table and stuff <laughs> um, and then we have our movie night usually and it's just something that i really look forward to because of that and so that to me is a good comfort food. And yeah, that's something that will remain a staple to me. But when we are, sometimes we are having these discussions with people and there's that perception that, uh, well, just come on, she's a kid. Just let her have, um, you know, another dessert. I mean, she's just going to burn it right off. Or we get that too. Well, you got, I mean, Matt, you ran... You, you run, people think I run a lot more than I do, right? But, but you probably ran 10 miles today. Just, just have dessert. And it's like, well, guys, look, it's not really about that. Or it's not about just, I don't, I don't think that because I went out on a run, now I can eat whatever I want because I understand 
the laws of thermodynamics a little bit better than that for one. You won't burn off enough calories if you're constantly eating off foods to offset that. But even if you could, it's about how I feel. I want to feel good. So having those foods occasionally, I still feel good. And especially when I associate good memories, absolutely. But that's where it stops for me because when you overdo those things, I don't feel good. And then, yeah, my in turn, my training is affected, my sleeping can be affected, and my attitude can be affected. Sometimes I've gotten in a bad mood before just because my my energy levels, my, my sugar, right? So glycogen, or in other words, look at your insulin is going up and down and you don't want to feel that way. You don't want to crash and burn. And in my opinion, that's where we need to change how we see these things. I am making this choice because of how I want to feel and how it affects me. So I am personally eating this food because I want to feel healthy and strong. And that is the choice I'm making for me. But then also I'm now eating this pizza because I like that association I have with the family and with the comfort. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially when I know that it's on occasion. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to highlight a couple of things from this week. Matt had uh, an article come out in Oxygen Magazine in which he was a contributing writer for. So you can check that out at our website, www.pendolatraining.com. There's a link on our homepage. That's about isometrics, by the way. So pretty cool. And then Michael Berg was the main author of that. Um, I was just proud to be a part of it. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. I'm just uh, honored that I'm somebody that they, that they go to for this type of information now. So it's pretty cool. Listen to or read the article. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's really, it's got some really great information. There were a couple other contributing um, editor writers on there and there's some very good points. It's a pretty lengthy article too. So you'll get quite a bit of information. And then uh, the second highlight is on our Instagram. If you pay attention to Instagram, you can look, you can look us up at Pandola Project. Matt's been working uh, with a very special athlete. Gwen Jorgensen. So she's most well known for winning the Olympic gold medal in Rio for triathlon. And yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an honor. She's, um, she's an incredible athlete and I'm humbled to, to work with her in any capacity. So it's been great. All right, you guys, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. 